Thank you, Nolan, for the reading of the scripture this morning. I was thinking in light of what I was discussing in the auditorium class this morning and in light of the scripture or the lesson this, this morning as well about our life that we live and how we sometimes deal with situations. In about two and a half months, I will have my annual visit to the doctor, and I already know how it's going to go. He's going to tell me I need to watch my weight, and I'm going to tell him I am. I can see it now. Uh, He's going to tell me to cut out sugar, and I'm going to tell him I leave the sugar bowl alone, but don't touch my Snickers. Uh, We have this tendency of wanting to reread what we do or how we do it. Our society, and particularly in the Lord's Church, first century on down, have often misread or wanted to reread what the Scriptures have to say. Jesus, as he closed out, given what we call the Great Commission in Matthew 28, to go into all the world, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Then he says in verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. We want to readjust that last part. Our thinking, it seems to be by many, is, well, you did not say I could not do it this way. No, God said, do it this way. And I'm thinking as the scripture was being read this morning, you need to go on and read the rest of chapter 11 of Hebrews. So take the 35 and follow in to see how the faith of some of those were not exactly the end that they may have anticipated. And we get to want, we need to readjust our vision of how we believe God works within our life. We do, contrary to the scripture of 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7, we like to walk by sight and not so much by faith. I like to be able to see how it's unfolding rather than my trusting God to do his will to keep his word and to guide me if I listen to him to a reward that I cannot even begin to comprehend. You look at the reading this morning and you think about Moses and the learning of the principles that were going to be given. Some of those he had learned from his parents. This trust in God. Moses was hidden for three months. The mother not fearing the king's command. And as I mentioned this morning for the auditorium class, You think about living life without having 
scriptures to guide you or to put hope in your, in your heart. You think about the Israelites in Egyptian, in Egypt, in the Egyptian bondage. Go back and you begin to read Exodus and you see that. That there was a Pharaoh that arose that knew not Joseph. And how he began to make slaves out of the Israelites. And reminding ourselves that they're living their life that is as real to them as the life we live today is to us. And they're having a faith in God that has to be established in us as well. You're not where you want to be. They're in captivity. They're being made slaves. Their children are, or the male children, are being murdered. And you're wrestling with your being this people that you've heard down through the centuries that God has watched over and cared for and protected. And you're not seeing it. We want to walk by sight and not so much by faith. Not seeing this result that I believe ought to be for those that are God's people. So I encourage you to read the end of Hebrews 11. Those that are called faithful were sometimes destitute, travel around in the deserts, hungry, mistreated, fed to the wild alliance wild beasts, sawn in two and whatever else is described there. These were God's people as well. The physical life may not be exactly what we anticipate or what we think ought to be. And it's coming back to this having faith in God. And again, you're beginning to see it with Moses. Learn it very early. And you see the providence of God, do you not? But you think about Moses' mother. Protected her son for a number of months. Not fearing what the king was going to do, but for some reason. To put him in a basket and to place him in the Nile River. Where is her understanding? It's in God. But you think about, does that make, physically wise, physical world, does that make sense? She's already been protecting him. And yet she puts him in the basket and sends him down the Nile River. Do you see the hand that we do? I know. But I mean, do you see the hand of God working in the lives in ways that on the surface, you would not even think about. Pharaoh's daughter sees the ark, pulls out Moses. Miriam wants to know if she needs a nursemaid for the baby. And guess who the nursemaid's going to be? It's going to be the mom. And how long she nursed him or cared for him, we're not told. But we're reminded, excuse me, 
we are reminded that when he reached of age, he no longer chose to be identified with Pharaoh or his daughter, but chose to be identified with his people. And again, the logical sense doesn't make sense physically. I made a comment at times, you know, if you were given the option to be able to help your people, and you were given the option by, by, between being Pharaoh of Egypt one day, with all of the wealth of Egypt at your disposal, or identified with the slaves, and then being driven from the land, which way do you, would you choose to be the way that you think you could help your people? See, the logical choice or the physical choice is not always the wisest choice. So the choice is made. And then as you follow Moses, he's an interesting person to follow. Schooled in the way of the Egyptians, mighty in speech. And yet later on, when he confronts God, what does he say? Not me. I don't know how to talk. Why are you talking now? But to see this faith in God, to see this lack of trust in God, in Moses, whom we see as one of the great ones, It's just that reminder to us, that's why scriptures are given to us, that even the great ones had problems of dealing with. And even the great ones had problems with understanding how things were to work. Later on in Exodus 18, verses 13 through 27, Moses is listening to all the complaints of the people. Did you hear that? All the complaints of God's people. We've got problems. Got a problem with my neighbor. Got a problem with this. Got a problem with that. Moses, how do I handle this? What am I supposed to do? And he's hearing them from the morning to night with no break in between. And his father-in-law, who's not Hebrew, has to give him some advice. You're taking too much on yourself. Does not apply to us, does it, at any time? You're taking too much upon yourself. You need to learn how to do what? Delegate. Set princes over these people, the thousands, the hundreds, and and the tens. Let them handle these matters. And not you have to be burdened with all of that. We see Moses having faith. By faith, Moses, when he came to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughters. What a step to make. What a commitment to make. Comes down to us as well. 
Do we make that commitment that I am separating myself, if you will, from the way that the world lives? And I am going to identify with people that the world sees no value in of any more than this simply being slaves. Because I have a trust in God That Hebrew writer, again, back to verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Believing in what you cannot see, but believing that the evidence is there, that what you do not see is real. God. An eternal home. His providence that you do not see on the surface. All that interesting history that takes them down into Egypt. That interesting history that goes along while they're in Egypt. That interesting history that goes along when they come up out of Egypt, when they go through the wilderness, and finally when they enter into the promised land, and all the way down to where we are today. You see that providence of God. By faith. We believe God is. By faith, we believe He rewards those that diligently seek Him. We see it in our lives. May not be in that physical realm that we might perceive it or want to see it in, but we know He's there and that He makes provisions for us along the way. Again, refusing to be called Pharaoh's daughter. Lose the right to be possibly become Pharaoh. Again, from the physical scene, when you made that decision, I am not going to walk according to the world, what is the consequence? Make him a slave. Put him with his people. Make it rough on the people. And when he defended his brethren, they have to flee. Again, logically, does that make sense? Think what it must have been like for the mother of Moses to see that growth grooming to be Pharaoh, back to being a slave. And then having to flee Egypt for his life. And then not to see or to know anything about for 40 years where he's at, what's going on. That willingness of Moses to do that, to go out into that wilderness. Do we have that type of faith today in our lives? Do we have that trust that God does know 
who we are intimately, knows the strengths that are there that we may not even see, to know a conviction that we can make that defiles logic, if you will, from the world in which we live. That doesn't make logically, logical sense to make that type of decision. I'm not going up the ladder politically to the top realm. I would choose rather to go down the other extreme and be a slave than to deny God. And then to hear the question, where is your God? If he is your God, why are you in slavery? Why are you not free? Do not have an answer. But I still trust God. Do we have that type of confidence in our life as we live our lives? We love to see end results. We love to see directions that seem to make logical sense for us. And when they do not, it's hard to, if we're not careful, hard to keep the faith. To know that God does. Second, in Moses you see fidelity. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Wow. Fidelity. Faithfulness to God. It's not going to be easy. Hard for us because we're geared to wanting things easy. We live in a society that strives to the best of its ability to make everything easy. That's difficult for us to go through. How many things can you do with this? How many things can you do with this? What is it designed for? Far beyond being a phone. It's that miniature computer. You can make everything. You can make payments. You can buy things. You can do whatever you want to do with this. We want it easy. What would it be like to say that's not the case? I'm not looking for life to be easy. I'm looking for life to be true to God. Whatever that means, my desire is to be true to God. To show this integrity that we oftentimes do not see in the world or in business. Integrity. A man of one's word. Years ago, it used to be, again, a man's word was his bond. Businesses have been built on nothing more than a handshake. If I shake your hand, I, when, when I made a statement to you, I mean that's what I'm going to do. I'll keep my word. Integrity. It seems to be lacking. 
It's always been lacking in the world. And that sadness at times to see it lacking sometimes within those who want to be or claim to be the children of God. Moses demonstrates foresight. Esteeming the reproach of Christ. Greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Foresight. Do you see ahead? Not what's coming down physically. Do you see ahead to where you're going eternally? And that if I go through the reproaches of Christ here, the glory that is re- excuse me, the glory that is received there, is it going? Do we believe it's worth it? That it's worth to be shamed here. It's worth to be to be considered as the scum of the earth to be called a child of the living God with the hope of heaven one day that will never vanish away do you see the big picture we get caught up in where we are, what we're doing, where it's going to go, how's it going to fit in, how's this going to react in my life, and so on and so forth. Do I see a bigger picture? Again, go back and look at a bigger picture. It's why we've been given the scriptures, why we got the book of Exodus, to catch a glimpse again of God's working in ways that we do not understand. Why the slavery? Why the persecution? Why the 40 years in the wilderness? We know because of their unfaithfulness to God. Why the interaction with the nations around them and being overtaken so many times? Why the long delay in sending what we call the promised Messiah to redeem us from our sins? Why the delay as we see it as his not coming back yet? to lead us to heaven. Do we see the big picture? God so loved the world that he gave his son that whoever believes in him defined biblically shall not perish but have eternal life. That's why God has done what he's done. Well, that's not the way I would do it. Last time I checked, God did not ask me how I wanted it done. Doesn't make logical sense. It doesn't ask me if it makes logical sense. This is the way God has chosen to do it. And he is God. And he far excels my thinking and my understanding. So mine is to trust. They have the foresight that I see the end picture. And so I live here in anticipation of that end picture along the way. Do I see the characteristic in Moses of firmness? Hebrews eleven twenty seven. 
By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. He endured. He was firm in his conviction. Live with Moses in Egypt. Pharaoh's house, being the servant, being cast out, wandering in the desert. To have that faith in God and that conviction that he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And then he's going to have problems when he sees him or sees the images of him when it comes to God appearing to him on Mount Sinai. Moses made decisions to serve God. He trusted in him along the way. To see the fulfillment. Through faith, his trust in God, his conviction in God. Through faith, he kept the Passover. The sprinkling of the blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. That fulfillment, that trust in God. Again, does it make logically logical sense? The death angel, as he's referred to at times, is going to come through and take the life of every firstborn. For those who have believed the message, will take that blood of the lamb, put it on the doorpost and over the lintel. And when that angel comes through, he will pass over that house. That trust in God has been demonstrated throughout his life. I'd mentioned again before he goes back down to Egypt at the mountain. Moses is being chosen by God. And Moses has all of those excuses that we use. I don't know how to speak. I'm not well trained. And I love, no, I don't love, but it's that applies so many times, the thinking of the human. God, I have not been able to speak well. Not before you spoke to me, and not since you've spoken to me. See, what do we want in between? I speak the same way that I spoke before you spoke to me. That hasn't changed. And that's what we look for at times, is it not? I want to see that, that, that miraculous change when I came and come into the presence of God, when I become his child. All of a sudden, things are going to be totally different now. When able to speak before, now I can speak. I can get up and speak in front of people. Didn't happen. And God's reminder... Who gave you voice? Who gave you a tongue? Come on. Do you think I do not know who you are? 
Do you not think I know what I gave you? Do you not trust that I am able to use what I gave you regardless of how you view it, I can use what I gave you for my glory. If, if you trust me, that has not changed. Whatever we have, God gave it to us. He can use what he gave us for his glory if we trust him. But I like to walk by sight and not by faith. I like to see visible results of these changes taking place. Not little ones. I want to say big ones that have taken place. Where is that trust in God? To follow through and then to see the, the freedom. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. Which the Egyptians attempting to do were drowned. Heard all kinds of human explanations as to how that took place. But that's not where it's at. The whole emphasis is on God. It had been from the very beginning. Joseph going down into Egypt. It had to go on with Moses' mother after the Pharaoh arose that knew not Joseph. To have her faith in God down through Moses and then directed towards the people as well. To see that what was impossible to men is possible with God. It's always been that way. It's always been that way. To have that conviction and that faith that we are to have in God. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You are the evidence of God. You do not see him, but you are the evidence of God. We'll look at that a little bit more Wednesday night. But it's our decision, it's our choice. And the question simply is, why do we keep Jesus waiting? If we know who he is, so we know what he's done, we know that the hope that he gives to us and the freedom from our sins and a new life and a place in heaven one day, why do we keep him waiting? Why will we not come to him if we have not yet become that child of God? Why will we keep from coming back to him? If we are his child, but if we begin to let the world creep into our lives, why do we keep Jesus waiting? He longs to forgive us, 
He longs to give us life, but that's our choice. As you reflect upon that this morning, if you need to make a change in your life, if we can assist you, we can help you. Indeed, we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.